Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Catch Up with Louise McSharry. I have to say, my week was mostly about Saturday in Galway at Kirsch Festival. Um, I had such a ball. If you came to my chat with Emer McGlyset, Sarah Breen and Bethany Rudder, thank you. If you tuned in online, thank you. We met so many nice people. There was just a really gorgeous vibe in the room um, and we could have talked for hours I think and we did talk for hours actually because afterwards we went for a gorgeous dinner at Kai restaurant in Galway if you haven't been to Kai I highly recommend it if you live near Galway or you're in Galway or you're going to Galway at any stage it's a lovely it's a small restaurant with seasonal ingredients the menu changes all the time Jess is at the helm and she is just so incredibly talented uh, lots of people go for brunch brunch is great dinner I think if you can manage it try and go for dinner because you get the full the full shebang you can go your three courses and it's definitely worth keeping room for all three courses just absolutely loved it and then we went for a few drinks and finished the night dancing our faces off which frankly is basically my dream night. Um, met loads of lovely people along the way as well. So hi to all of you who I met at various stages of the day and night. Um, sounders, every single one of you. But anyway, um, we might as well get into the podcast because that's what you're here for. So we're going to start the week as we always do by taking a look at the news with Aoife Moore of the Irish Examiner. Aoife Moore political correspondent of the Irish Examiner. It is so nice to be back with you and we've got loads of news to talk about unsurprisingly and I suppose we'll we'll start in Ukraine. Um, we've just actually just learned mm-hmm. that Simon Coveney is there. Simon Coveney is there. The Minister for Foreign Affairs travelled to Kiev this morning. He is one of a number of leaders who has travelled uh, to the Ukrainian capital this week. We saw the Boris Johnson was there as if they didn't have enough problems. Mm-hmm. Um, President Emmanuel Macron from France was there. And now, um, just this morning, we found out that Simon Coveney has travelled there um, for a few days. He's going to hold several meetings with the Ukrainian government in secure locations because obviously it's still... I think they obviously know that they're safe enough in Kiev. Yeah. It also sends a strong message um, to Putin. Yeah, I was going to say, what's what's the point? Like, what's the idea of this kind the of thing? Idea is Why can't they just do it on Zoom? Yeah, they're very much to show, it's kind of like to embarrass Putin, I think, as well, in the way that they could be like, well, we're traveling to the Ukrainian capital, we've made safe enough to do it, yeah. and very much showing that Europe is behind Ukraine. Yeah. Um, that's This is going to really annoy Putin. We know that like they've not been able to take Kiev, mm-hmm. um, even though they are committing what President Biden has now called genocide all around um, all our parts of Ukraine. But yeah, it is, I think it's a good sign. I think it definitely shows... Um, that Ukraine is standing strong and everyone's standing along with them. Just on that, um, President Biden said this week, when I first heard it, I was like, genocide, is that, you know, it's a huge thing to say. Um, He said it's become clear and clear that Putin is just trying to wipe out the idea of being able to be Ukrainian and the evidence is mounting. However, there were experts um, in the media this week. Uh, Obviously, everybody wants to fact check everything, Joe Biden says. And there were, yeah, experts on um, the media this week saying absolutely that there was there was evidence that this is genocide. Well, I mean, based on what we talked about last week, what was happening in Bucha and, mm-hmm. um, you know, other parts of Ukraine, the evidence that was coming out about indiscriminate killing of Ukrainian people, mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, it does as, seem. Yeah, as we talked about, you know, rape is a weapon of war. Yeah, people being like assassinated with their hands tied behind their back, civilians being bombed. Yeah. You know, this is 
a huge escalation for anything. It's a ground war in Europe, which is, you know, it's not something we ever thought we'd ever see yeah. again. Um, and yeah, he says, you know, the evidence is mounting. Obviously, um, the, pre- the president's comments were welcomed by Zelensky. He's repeatedly accused Moscow of genocide. And now, basically, the war trundles on. The peace talks are ongoing. The Austrian minister, actually, an Austrian minister met with Putin during the week. He said they had full and frank discussions, but you could even tell by his face he came away pretty disappointed. Mm. He didn't think it was going to lead to anything. Yeah. Well, I I mean, it's hard to imagine what would make Putin surrender or like back down. I don't know the man, but I can't imagine he's very good at losing. And I think the more he is embarrassed on the world stage, the more he's going to act out. So, uh, interesting news this week around the Kinahan Gang. Yes, now known as the Kinahan Organised Crime Gang, according to the US Treasury. So, for those who are not in the know, um, the Kinahan or the Kinans are also known as a cartel. Basically, they are from Dublin. Has been head of the family. It's a business that's been growing for the past twenty years. Um, the dad fences. Um, so he was named along with his two sons, Daniel Kinahan and Christy Jr. And a $5 million, them and a number of their associates, um, for any information that would lead to the disruption of their business. It's um, on the same list as, you know, a Mexican cartel, there's a mafia gang in Italy, and it was a joint venture between the Guardians based in Dubai. Um, as far as I'm aware, Daniel hasn't been home for a very long time. Daniel is now seen as the leader mm. of the group, um, taken over from his father. To the economic sanctions that they're under mean that you know they can't trade in America. Any property that they have over there will be seized. Now they don't properties and stuff there, and this is going to become an issue for Daniel Kinahan especially because Daniel Kinahan is invo- involved in boxing management, um, and has been for a while. And now there are also pressures on different boxers who have been involved um, with this management company to basically cut ties. We saw this week that a very prominent boxing coach, I think interesting, you know, they had the US ambassador at the press conference along with the, uh, the Garda commissioner has made a statement on it. It's huge. I think it's the biggest crime story for one. Like there has, I think, been a sense that these large organized crime gangs kind of can't be stopped. Yeah. Up to now? Yeah, because it's very rare that um, those in charge ever face any consequences, whereas you will also, you will hear of kind of lower level men and women who work for them being arrested on different charges. Um, and I was with the Tanis Jelly over Edgar at a press conference after it, and he said, you know, he very much welcomed it. He also said that he f- he hoped that the net was tightening. And the Gardaí have said this week that basically they're trying to make life as difficult for these organised crime gangs to make money and spend money and all that. So, yeah, it's a really big deal. Um, I don't, it's, it's not something I ever have ever heard happening before or very mm. in a very long time anyway. And, um, yeah, the hope is this $5 million reward will encourage people to um, come forward, basically. Yeah. Ugh, I find it, I'm just like, ugh, it sounds like just scary. <laughs> yeah, um, I think... I don't think Ireland has ever um, had anything like the Kinahans ever before. Um, Christy, the dad, has been around for a long time, but the business has... I mean, really, it's about legalising drugs, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. Um, now, let's move on. Unfortunately, this is just awful. Uh, lots of people living in fear, it has to be said this week. I've seen and spoken to lots of my friends and I've seen mm-hmm. lots of posts on social media in response to the fact that there have been, well, a number of homophobic attacks mm-hmm. and some deaths over the course of the last week. Yeah, so big trigger warning for these ones because I can't imagine. Um, it's very easy to listen to if you're a member of the LGBT community. Um, first one that we a 23-year-old Dubliner um, came out of the George. Everyone in Dublin knows the George. Um, what a night. Mm-hmm. Um, he was coming out of the George man and assaulted him. He dislocated his ankle. I saw that he had, I think he has a fractured eye socket. Yeah. Um, he's 
been in a number of surgeries since then and has received you know this outpouring um of support you know the the minister for justice the tanisha everyone was out talking about how awful it was and a reminder you know that you know we're not as progressive as a society as we uh think we are and then a businessman in sligo the, um a man called aiden moffat who was 41 um was murdered in his home uh, already have said he was a gay man um, and lived alone. He was found the next day, I believe, by a cleaner. Um, and Gardy are investigating whether he met his attacker online. Um, it was very clear from the Garda's actions after that, you know, they put out safety guidelines for men and women, um, mm-hmm. you know, about um, meeting people online. And then a day later, we heard that another man, Michael Snee, um, was found... A few days later, after Aidan Moffat, he was 58, he was found by his nieces. He was also brutally murdered. Um, significant injuries. The Gardaí, as we're speaking now, were probing links to a serial killer. And a man has been arrested, a man in his early 20s. That's all they have. As I said, like obviously lots of individual members of the LGBTQ plus community have been responding uh, to this and talking about the fact that we're talking here is just homophobia it is. Um, in its most violent form. Um, LGBT Ireland released a statement and said that um, they would active, comprehensive and... Um, I'm going to do that again. LGBT Ireland has said that they will be speaking to lawmakers over the coming days to stress the need for them to redouble their efforts and ensure the forthcoming legislation is effective, comprehensive and enacted with urgency. Um, And that's in terms of... Which is ridiculous. Um, I have absolutely no qualms in saying that. It is 2022. We don't have hate crime legislation. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, came out yesterday and said, you know, have it already. Fondon Warfield put forward a motion to bring in um, this kind of legislation against homophobic attacks and he was told that it wasn't needed. We know that it's needed. Yeah. Um, we cannot pat ourselves on the back because we see pe- gay people holding hands in the street. It's not enough. Um, homophobia is rampant and this is the... I hate that it takes awful things to kind of give politicians a kick up the arse. Well, but in this uh, LGBT Ireland statement they say work done by the hill that one in like five of those surveyed had been punched hit or physically attacked in public for being lgbti plus and one in three had been threatened with physical violence future louise here and just wanted to acknowledge that this stuff is really tough and that if you need extra support if you're finding this extra hard visit lgbt.ie or call the national lgbt helpline on free phone 1800 929 539 that's 1800 929 539 and out of hours out of hours of course you can always free phone the samaritans on 116123 um and i would just say if you have friends who you think might be affected by this maybe just check in with them and make sure they're okay because i know a lot of my own friends are feeling decidedly shook after these events and that is totally understandable and um, but you're never alone you're not alone and you have loads of people around you who would love to support you and um, even if it's just me online i'm here too now back to Eva. so uh Eva, i learned this week that women are more emotional than men i work in politics i know that's not true <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> this week um northern ireland boss um, Kenny Shields, former Northern Ireland footballer Kenny Shields, also for anyone who lived in the west coast of Scotland, former Kilmarnock manager, mm. it's me and my west coast of Scotland trivia um, Kenny Shields is the manager of Northern Ireland's women football team, they were beaten 5-0 uh, by England this week and during a post-match interview Kenny Shields um, made some comments, Louise um, and it's not going down very well, he said long story short that that the two goals came in quick concession to each other because women are very emotional and they get riled up when they concede a goal and that's why the second goal um goes in he said right through the whole spectrum of the women's game because girls and women are more emotional than men so they take a goal going in not very well in the women's game you'll have noticed i'm sure you will if you go through the patterns when a team concedes a goal, they concede a second one within a very short period of time, 
right through the whole lot, the whole spectrum of the women's game, because girls and women are more emotional than men, so they take a goal gun in, they, they don't take that very well. How is he, how is he working with women, if this is his take? How? He said afterwards, I wish to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I wish to apologize for my comments made in the post-match press conference last night. I am sorry for the offense that they have caused. Listen, he said he said it. He believes it. He said yeah. he's sorry for the offense, but he believes it. And this is the issue that we're going to have um, with women's sport is that it's even the people in the upper echelons of the game are not taking it seriously because they believe things like women are more emotional than men. Um when we know, you know, I would argue that most terrible things that have happened in the world have been because men are too emotional to do anything. Yes, I'm sure um, Vladimir Putin is very kind. I can't think of times. anyone more emotional than, say, Donald Trump. Yeah. Vladimir Putin. Like, so, anyway, but I would say if we're going to end on a high note, over 15,000 people yeah. came to the match yeah. to watch Northern Ireland ladies. So... Let's end on that. Well, I think as well, like, I'm not going to let you end on that. <laughs> no, but I am kind of, because I think we have seen huge progress in mm. the way that women's athleticism and women's sport is respected and regarded and the attention that's paid to it. And that is amazing. Mm. And we've seen lots more women on TV talking about sport, writing yes. about sport. We've seen just representation in general when it comes to women in sport massively improve. Now, obviously, there's lots of room for improvement. Mm -hmm. And I've seen lots of discussion about that this week in terms of money and women's sport and the League of Ireland and all that kind mm -hmm. of crack. Um, and I'm no expert, but it does seem like things are really improving. And in, in a way, that environment makes it all the more stark mm -hmm. when someone like him comes out and says something like that. Yeah. Because no, like it was immediately called out on mm -hmm. in every publication. I saw men I know discussing it and saying he should be sacked. Mm -hmm. Like that's very different to what it would have been even maybe 10 years ago. I think 10 years ago, people would have nodded along. Yeah. I, 10 years ago, he wouldn't even been able to make those comments because he wouldn't have had a post. Yeah, nobody interview. would have been listening. Yeah, exactly. So and uh, the other thing I would say is like the most recognizable and beloved sports people in Ireland are people like Kelly Harrington mm. and Katie Taylor and Ellen Keane. And it is so good to see that women's sport is finally being taken seriously. Like at one point a couple of years ago, we were obsessed with hockey because our hockey team was amazing. So, yeah, yeah I think we have come on leaps and bounds, but it is very stark that someone like Kenny Shanes, who's supposed to know better and is supposed to be this, you know, the supporter of the game, the most, you know, trying to profile the game, trying to make the game better, to say things like that. And like the worst of it is like he believes it. He yeah. thinks like these are a bunch of and, girls. And the team have to go and listen to him. <laughs> like, how could you listen to him and respect him after you hear him say something like that? It's beyond. Yeah, so the thing I'm taking away from it is that it was the amount of people who called him out immediately after yeah. it. Um, everyone and anyone. I've seen um, James McLean, um, back up Derry, I've seen James McLean, you know, giving off about it, saying like he's a professional footballer, plays for Wigan, and said, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the only good things that we can take away from it is it was immediately called out by yeah. men and women and over 15,000 people went to watch the match. Yes. So onwards and upwards. Very good. Even more political correspondent of the Irish Examiner, thank you so much. Now, from one football voice to another, but a very different one, it has to be said. Richie Sadler is a football pundit and former Republic of Ireland football player, but I know him more for his work with young people around sex and relationships. He's a qualified psychotherapist and he is so dedicated to spending time working with young people and trying to genuinely affect actual change in the culture, specifically young men are growing up in and their perspectives on sex and relationships. I personally, I'm so grateful to him for it. And when I heard that he had a book coming out aimed at young men around these issues, I just got straight away. I said, you've, you've got to come on the podcast. Um, but we actually started, I was asking him how he was doing because he recently had major back surgery. 
It had spinal fusion surgery on the 30th of November, so I'm about the four and a half month point of my recovery. Yeah. Um, and the surgeon kind of told me at the outset, he said, we can't predict the outcomes. We don't know for sure how this is going to go, but if you do certain things, you'll really give yourself every chance. And I've done everything. Yeah. I, I, I spent the first three months more or less lying down and gradually returned to normal living in the last six weeks. So he said nine to 12 months, so I'm four and a half months away from working out kind of how successful it's been and how have you found that because obviously you know you're an active guy yeah. uh, you were an athlete for years well I've kind of gotten used to and this is why I did why I felt that the operation was needed because I'd kind of gotten used to a very low level of activity right I kind of got used to opting out of loads of stuff mm. because I knew it would just be too sore and I'm not talking about like hiking or mountain climbing or the really active stuff where you have to be fit and strong. Um, wandering around the town with my wife on a weekend away, like I'd have to curtail that. Right. Uh, that's the level. Do you yeah. know, or, or opt, can't go to a gig. Yeah, or so it's really affecting festival, your life. All that yeah. stuff. So I was like, geez, I'm too young to be feeling this old and this yeah. immobile. Um, and I figured I'd get it done. But the tricky thing is, like, so I'm self-employed, so I'm not going to get sick pay. Um, and the, the kind of the nature of the work I do, I don't want to be away from it for too long. Yeah. Because like, I've like therapy clients and I've young clients and yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. That was a real. I, I really grappled with that. Yeah. Like, can you think who, who's the person who's most dependable in your like your therapist? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You show up, they will be there. Yeah. And then so I over the last six months of last year, had to start, come to terms with the decision to do it. Yeah. That I couldn't put it off anymore. I was having spinal epidurals regularly and they mm. weren't working. So I had to then tell clients that you know, there's going to come a day soon where I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Um, and that can impact them in lots of different ways. So but that's been difficult. you'll be able to presumably help so many more people because, I mean, you wouldn't, you know, maybe if things continued, you wouldn't be in a position to sit up in a room with someone exactly. at that level. <laughs> or so make old man groan sounds every yeah. time I shift my seating position. Exactly. So long yeah. term, you know. Yeah. Anyway, look, we're, I could talk to you about your surgery all day. I, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about your new book. It's called Let's Talk. Um, mm. And it is aimed at young men specifically. Now, you and I have spoken before at length about this work that you do to mm. try and improve... I suppose, young men's education and attitudes towards sex, consent, relationships, all that kind of thing. But for people who don't know, how did you come to this kind of work? So on the back of going to psychotherapy um, years and years ago when my football career ended because of an injury when I was 24, I just, the whole idea of psychotherapy just grabbed me. And then when I was 31, I went to college. So I spent, got to the last decade working as a therapist. And in the last six or seven years I kind of really was drawn towards working with teenagers and I was teaching sexual health in schools to transition your students and lots and lots of young clients I had came with issues around their sexual orientation or their relationships or their mm. relationship with their body all the teenage stuff like the mm. stuff that anyone's an adult you know that as a teen these are the stuff you grapple with mm. and I realized that when it comes to sex education and having really Open exchanges in really kind of non-judgmental, natural, healthy, breezy ways. Sometimes that's a struggle for lots of people. Mm. And it can particularly be a struggle for parents because parents and teens can sometimes feel like they're at a bit of a battleground with one another. Yeah. And schools are tricky because they're not really sure how much to go into stuff about. Um, and sometimes parents leave it to each other and just thought, like, young lads would benefit from kind of somebody stepping in and just coming up with something that might help yeah that might help them access certain information and and like a lot of education like lots of the stuff you teach young people they will use some of it in their later life they'll disregard some of it because it mm. just won't be a part of their life journey but i think there's a bit with teenagers like we, we can give them information but there's a big kind of a gap it's like this big gulf between what they know and how they behave yeah and anyone who's kind of working with young people or as a parent of a teen you're trying to access that area mm. how can we help them tease out you know, the impulses that you have when mm. you're a teenager and the bit where you tease out well what's the appropriate next step yeah or you kind of do that little quick checklist in your head of what's the likely outcomes or consequences of these choices i have how will it impact others and 
you kind of us as adults we can do that yeah now. but the, the the function of a 15 year old brain isn't developed yet mm. it's still developing their emotional reasoning and various other aspects of their emotional intelligence and there's loads of conversations in recent years we've had some of them where a lot of the discussion particularly around men is concern like it's from a place of concern or worry or like disappointment and judgment and and for really understandable reasons because the high profile incidents of behavior particularly by men are, are, are not are, great are not great they're <laughs> shitty yeah so you, but i thought supporting young people before there's a crisis or before somebody has behaved in a way that disappoints themselves mm. or other people like the early intervention stuff is far more useful and worthwhile than the crisis response. Oh, 100%. Crisis response is needed. 100%, because you're right, because every time that there is an incident, and unfortunately we do hear about them regularly, there was a horrific case in court last week in Tullamore, which if people read about, like, you know, it would make you sick to your stomach. And I, and I, I won't lie, like, I read about that case. I'm not going to go into the details because the sentencing hasn't happened yet, but I read about that case and I was, I had a physical response I felt like crying, I felt physically sick, and I felt despair. A feeling that I felt so many times of like, what is, what is going on with men? And it's not all men, as you say. But what is going on that would make any man think that they could trap a girl in a car, say, and repeatedly assault her? Like, whoa, like where does that sense of entitlement come from? And I think when these incidents happen, as women, you know, we do kind of bang our heads against the wall a little bit. But then at the end of the day, it does come down to... What can we do to try and fix this? That's the area that I'm really interested in. Yeah. And I hope to God this doesn't sound like I'm dismissive of people talking about the problem mm. or talking about their experiences of, like Christ, I've talked openly about my distressing, traumatic experiences at the hands of a man. Yeah. Right? So, so those, those discussions are really important. And of course, we're going to be impacted by the most horrendous stories that reach the media. Mm. But... What are we going to do about it? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's great to share how distressed we are by reading certain stuff in the news and we can share our experiences of poor behaviour. But let's do something. Yeah. Um, so, it, it's not actually that... It, it's not a great backdrop on which to discuss things like sex and consent and yeah. alcohol and, and drink and consent and how all those things uh, interact. When it's on the back of an allegation of wrongdoing by yeah. someone in the public eye, because mm -hmm. everyone's kind of worked up. Yeah. And, and they're impacted and they're emotional mm -hmm. and weird aspect of social media. It's kind of like tribal people adopt positions. And yeah. They, it's like, it's just Yeah, there's no weird. gray areas. It's yeah, just it's weird and intense, it's like people yeah. holding fixed positions and I'm right, you're wrong, and mm. this is why. So take away all of that. And, and rather than waiting until there's a distressing incident and then we talk about it, that, why not just with every 15 or 16 year old and just embrace the fact that their sexuality is emerging and developing Yeah, and that they're going to like sex, be curious by sex. They want to learn about sex. Hopefully they're going to have lots of sex in their life. And it's a pleasurable, fun, positive, like amazing area of your life. Mm. Like some of the most positive experiences you'll ever have in your life would be in personal, close, intimate relationships. If like, you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah. Us as adults, we know that. But we don't tell teenagers that. Yeah. We kind of, we, we, we run away from teenage sexuality because we're unsure if a girl likes it too much, my God, what will the world think of her? If a lad likes it too much, my God, we should be worried. And, mm. you know, my God, what if they're gay? And, you know, mm. what? Oh, my God, they like porn. Oh, God, this young person likes sex. And we, and we, as adults, we sometimes balk at things which are actually really normal and natural and healthy. Yeah. Um. And I think a lot of that comes from our own discomfort. Mm. Like, obviously, as an Irish people, historically, it would be an understatement to say we haven't been great at <laughs> confronting sexuality or sex or even mentioning it. But that is improving. Um, but as a, as a culture, we have to be more comfortable talking about these things. Um, and I think what I really like about this book, and as I said, it is aimed at young men. I will be keeping this book in my house until my son, probably in about... What would you say? One of the first things I did, I, I, the publishers gave me a, a few copies before I came out. I handed it to my 15-year-old niece. Yeah. Um, and 
a colleague of mine, she was the only person I showed the book to before I finished it and, and sent in the final copy. She said, uh, she works as a therapist as well. She goes, I'm going to tell all my female clients yeah. to read this. Because it's like, it, partly an insight into the, the male experience, but it's, it's, there's, there's an empowering element to it as well. For yeah. any young person that reads it, because it, it kind of just validates this sometimes what can feel like a struggle yeah. during adolescence and all the stuff that's like to use a therapy like it's developmentally appropriate to struggle with a lot of things during adolescence yeah like you, you, you're, you're going from a kid to being an adult is a turbulent journey I think it's honestly I think it's brilliant and I'll tell you why and I'm obviously that's not the point of this conversation but for people who are listening like this is a book that has a lot of information and has a lot of in- reassuring information and kind of um confirmational information that you're okay you know whatever shape or size or whatever thoughts you're having mm. you're okay but it also is challenging and I think that's as and I think that's what you referred to earlier like it teases out scenarios it asks the people reading it to consider questions to consider options to consider what they might do in various situations and I think that's that's the magic of it because that's what we need to get people to do of all ages is think about if I'm in this situation how will I respond so that if they find themselves in that situation it's not a maybe a drunken you know emotional decision it's like oh no I've thought about this I'm gonna you know if I'm with a girl and she seems too drunk I know what to do about this because I've thought about it before or you know that's that's just one example um and I presume that was very intentional yeah it's like to promote a a kind of to to try and get them and you do with this with all teenagers anyway Mm -hmm. you try to get them to move away from childhood impulsive I'm gonna say because I want to because I'm gonna do it because I want to like childish behavior you want to move into like behavior that's acceptable and it's going to work well in the adult world Mm -hmm. and yeah you know it's that thinking time yeah that and and teenagers the the odds are kind of stacked against them because they are like they're, they're really, really self-conscious and often they're really impulsive and they're they don't have the vocabulary yet. They don't have the emotional intelligence. They don't have the levels of comfort that me and you could now have chats about loads of areas that yeah. a 15 year old would be Die. overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> it would be too confronting. They'd be crawling under the table. They'd be too conf- yeah. and, and it's really helpful to remember what you were like at that age, mm. because so many people, you know, what do you say to a teenager? Or how do you approach it? Or, you know, like, go, please start by remembering what you were like. Mm-hmm. And if you can't remember it, then spend more time trying to. Because when you can understand the world in which they're in, and the best place to do that is remember what it was like for you, mm. then then you just, you, you, you can just empathise more. You yeah. can be, you, you can come, because I think sometimes a lot of people are being impatient with young people. Jeez, it keeps making the same mistakes. Yeah. It keeps saying this wrong things or why do I have to tell them eight times to do whatever? Mm. You know, because they're learning. Yeah. They're learning as they go. But just remember what it was like and approaching young people with a bit of empathy and support and patience, but also step in and challenge as well. Yeah. Because it's not enough with a young person just to say, you do you. Yeah. It, it, that's not, they're, they're too young to be given such, it's such a message like that. You've got to challenge them and... And, and, and really tease out like there are consequences here and you're of an age now where the responsibilities of your behavior uh, the, the the being responsible for the outcomes and the and and, and your actions it's on you now um i wanted to ask you about role models for young men because one thing that i think is uh, special about you is that no young man could ever kind of question you as like, you know, a cool guy. Like you played for Ireland, you know what I mean? It's most young men's dream or like would be at some stage the dream of young men, you know, being a professional athlete, being a football player, like that's a big deal. And I feel like that gives you a certain kind of credibility or kudos in this field. Um, But I wondered, like, I football can sometimes seem like a bit of a toxic cesspit when it comes to this stuff. Like we do hear horror stories of sexual assault or just like general misogyny in the locker room locker room is that it do people say that in ireland dressing room dressing room geez sorry sometimes the, <laughs> those american years come out in me but you know what i mean there can be a tone there or a sense of things maybe being a little bit you know unfortunate in the world of football at the moment and and those are often the people who young men do look up to so if do you have any concern around that i, I think what i i, I like hearing is Actually, I, I, th- there was a story of, to, to be careful what we say, um, in the news over the last few months involving a, a player at Manchester United in mm. this field, mm-hmm. we'll say. Yeah. And 
I think on the back of that, like I've been contacted by a, a, a Premier League club and in a couple of weeks I'm due to go over and speak to their under 15, under 16 and yes. under 18 teams. So there, there's a cultural shift happening. Yeah. And with any culture, it's it's inch, millimetre by millimetre. Sure. Th- these things don't change overnight. And it it would be great if, if discussions like the ones I'm about to have were arranged before somebody was accused of doing something yeah. wrong. Before somebody somewhere put their hand up and said, I'm a victim here. Yeah. But if that's the way these conversations need to happen in some places, well, then that's how we need to happen. Yeah. But I think it, it's starting to change. And I think football clubs, particularly in the professional environment, particularly among academy age groups, which is teenage, yeah. they're, they're, they're obviously promoting the, the football skills development part of their education but there's a life skills aspect too mm. which they're all increasingly taking more serious because they know 90 something percent of the kids that they will train will never get near their first team and will not have a career as a professional footballer so there's an onus there's a duty to of prepare care them for that yeah and they're doing that but like a lot like we could focus here on football clubs but there's so many areas of life where we could benefit from having more open helpful supportive non-judgmental chat about sex well, we're all having it I couldn't agree more and I'm so grateful that we have you in this country doing this work and what I think is great is that maybe you're working toward being more comfortable having these conversations with your children maybe it's something that is still a struggle for you and that's okay or maybe your kid doesn't go to a school where they have access to a program that you're particularly happy with when it comes to sexual health and relationships but now we have this book and I honest to god I'm not just saying it I really think that this is a very useful tool so if you have young people in your lives pick this up it's a very good looking book I, I had actually, no role in the appearance it's such of it. A good cover. It looks great. It's such a good cover. Google it now and you'll see it's a great cover. But it's Let's Talk, Richie Sadler. Richie, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thanks, Louise. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. That Richie Sadler, what a guy. Now, though, it is time to talk celebs and this week's events. Well, they kind of made me feel like I'd stepped into a time machine and gone back in time to the noughties. But that's not a complaint. Those were some halcyon days for me. Uh, so please enjoy Esther O'More Donahue and my expert and hard hitting analysis now. Esther O'More Donahue, what a joy it is to be back in your in your professional nest. Um, I really love it here. There's so many wonderful things to look at. Uh, you have excellent taste and exquisite home. Lots, lots of bits of shite there is, yes, there is. Correct, there is a Fisher-Price child's phone over there. I don't have any children, but indeed, correct, there are priceless objects, dark, object art here. He's so friendly and also <laughs> creepy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, now, we've got loads to talk about in the world of entertainment this week, and we're going to start with Britney Spears. She's pregnant, and I have to say, I could not have been happier with the chaotic nature of the way she announced this. You know, I think before we actually get into it, Louise, we need to start with a ceremonial let's get loud for this entire week because there's just been, in terms of the stories coming at us, 
the world's on fire on one hand, but also we're giving these little tidbits and this joy. Yes, we gasped. Brittany is pregnant again. She announced she is pregnant with her third child five months after her conservatorship was terminated and 10 months after she complained to a judge that she was forced to be on birth control. Yeah. And... We know Britney on her Instagram post. She's got her own style, her own voice, her little side to side <laughs> dance and stuff. There's this girl on TikTok and she's like, I'm Southern. And she's, she basically says that if you read Britney's Instagram captions in a Southern tone, they don't sound as, I don't want to say mod, but mod as they do when you read them. So she performs them in like a Southern accent and they usually do seem a lot more kind of, they make a lot more sense. But anyway, in that... In, in that, that voice okay, well, that we she tried, has. Well, I have her Instagram post here that where she announced Extra. her pre- We could try. I'm excited. Although I am a voiceover artist, so <laughs> she'll never get booked again. That was, okay, I'll try. I didn't know what the southern accent is. I lost so much weight, y'all. I threw the y'all in there. Good. To go on my Maui trip, only to gain it back. Three emojis of the woman shrugging, okay? I thought, jeez, what happened to my stomach? My <laughs> husband said, no, you're food pregnant, silly. Three exclamation marks. So I got a pregnancy test. And oh, well, I'm having a baby. Emoji of a baby. <laughs> Four days later, I got a little more food pregnant. Pregnant woman, three monkeys covering their eyes. It's growing. If two are in there, I might just lose it. And then there's six kind of those teeth emojis. And it goes on like that. So it's sort of like she kind of almost sort of buried the lead. It's a short, yeah. it's a short bit of text, but it's just stream of consciousness. And that's what we come to kind of know and love and expect. I love that the image was just like someone else's kind of weird. You know, the slightly artistic images you see of like, is it a cup of coffee or something? Brittany is fond of a random shot of a flat lay. Yes. A rose. <laughs> something kind of sugary, buttery, girly, feminine, a rose, a line, whatever. And that's what she gave us. She yeah. gave us sort of a, you know, you could slap some text on that and say, I don't know, my coffee shop's opening next week or whatever. <laughs> and Brittany chose to announce her pregnancy. And then her, now she's calling him her husband. We don't know. We know they're engaged, but we haven't got any confirmation that they're married. But her um, partner will say Sam. Um, he posted an image of three lines, two lines and a lion cub. And we know Brittany likes the lion, you know, that lion motif, as Mariah Carey might say. <laughs> um, and Sam described fatherhood as the most important job he will ever do in his own mm. post, which, as I said, accompanied the picture of the two lines. So you know, happy for Brittany. I mean, I gasped. I think I texted you when it first came in yeah. and I, then I texted my brother was my next instinct and he did not care. He was not, obs- you know, was not as obsessed. No, and wrong I just crowd. thought, well, that's a journey. I mean, you know. I think it's because obviously, I think one of the most heartbreaking elements of the testimony that she gave in terms of her conservatorship was that the idea of a woman being forced to have an IUD and being, you know, the power to have children being removed from her when it wasn't like a biological factor. You know, this was a decision that was being made by someone else for her. I think most people found that to be deeply sad. So it's just so great to see her live the way that she wants to live, which seems to be like so innocently and, you know, in such a pure fashion. Yeah, she wants to start a family. She seems to be, I know everyone's got opinions and that's what she's lived her life surrounded by but she seems to be happy and if she wants to start a family and it's a very just the most natural instinct um, and so she seems to have it now so you know good luck to her and I hope she there's pe- good people around her and she takes care of herself yeah. and you know her her assistant I learned this recently via Who Weekly yes is that one of the girls from Cobra Snake Cobra not Cobra Snake that's that photographer from this era we can juke you know, it you make those good girls go bad Leighton Meester from um, Gossip Girl Blair Waldo from Gossip Girl had a single that was quite popular when I worked in iRadio in Galway we played it all the time it was a good song anyway yeah. the well, band I mean there's only one Britney Spears assistant that says my brain which is Felicia of course uh, well I <laughs> the stand. but no I, I heard that who weekly and I, yeah there is and she seems to sort of make representations in her path a little yeah. bit yeah seems to be good yeah it seems to be good energy Brittany posted a photograph of the two of them there recently and it looked like they had a nice little vibe going and if you go to her actual the assistant's actual Instagram she's quite outspoken about like guys you know back off leave Britney let her live kind of vibes which is yeah. what you want it's like you wanted her to be free so let her be free yes. and don't think okay we didn't like those posts but now that she's free we still are concerned about these posts You, this is what you wanted so yeah. be quiet she's gotta live her life yeah um, now do not adjust your television sets you have not entered a time machine but we are gonna move to the next story which is from this Britney OG era and I am talking about Jennifer Lopez Ben Affleck engaged 
again. Yeah, I like to call them Benefer Af Lopez. Let's just, <laughs> let's double up on both names. Yeah, so they've gotten engaged for a second time. I mean, I'm sure the world knows this by now. After calling off their prior engagement in 2004, it was confirmed to CNN on Saturday by a representative of Jennifer Lopez. Um, she shared a video uh <laughs> which I, this is what I think is actually this is what I like about it okay she's engaged she's been engaged five oh, times or whatever this one but what I like is that she released the announcement in her newsletter <laughs> yes and she's driving that traffic to her own newsletter she's getting sign ups it's tricky Louise as someone who has her own newsletter she so she she says like I'm not going to give that traffic to Instagram I'm not going to give it to Twitter no. I'm going to pr- give it to on the JLo her own personal newsletter and I think that is the best thing about it I couldn't agree more because I didn't know that Jennifer Lopez had a newsletter and now that I do I'm gonna sign up <laughs> you're gonna sign up newsletters have a moment like Dua Lipa has a newsletter that they talk about on, on New Weekly which I haven't done for and it seems really detailed that's a, that's for another that's for post uh, conversation yeah, and googling I, I'm having ongoing and regular crisis talks with uh, James Kavna about Dua Lipa's career we what? are both quite puzzled with some of the decisions she's making despite being fans yeah James I'm sorry I vouted you there um, anyway anyway but so Benefer Af Lopez they're together again but I, I have put together a timeline if you want to go through please. what took us to this magical moment please take us back December 2001 Jenny and Benny meet on the set of the film is it Gigli or Gigli? Gigli I we think d- Gigli that's probably correct when Jennifer was still married to her second husband Chris Judd June 2002 Jennifer separates from her second husband Chris Judd July 2002 J and B publicly say they're just friends but we are seeing photographs of them kissing at her 32nd birthday party two days later Jennifer files for divorce from Judd, Benefer is born. November 2002, Ben appears in Jen's video for Jenny from the Block. So hot. Yes, Extremely they, hot. They recreated this image, although then they said they didn't recreate this image oh, recently. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay, so we saw it. So he, she was on the boat. He was Patner Boom. That was great. And what a boom. And what a bottom. The bottom that launched a thousand ships. Like, I know they all have lovely bottoms, but hers is She was is the first. She, the yeah, she's off the charts. She's her, your boom is off the charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, which she's she's actually in the 102nd percentile for arses there, yeah, fair that's what her public her. health nurse said when she went for a baby checkup. <laughs> yeah imagine get up in the scales there now we're going to weigh that <laughs> you've a health, very healthy bum congratulations to you uh, November t- 2002 time didn't stand still a mere four months after starting to do a strong line as your great aunt may say they got engaged she got a six carat rating called Pink Diamond proposes to her in the house he grew up in her song Glad is playing in the background Mad. Anyway, one, two, cut a few. They got engaged again this time. She was in the bath because she's busy setting her newsletter up, pushing that content out. And she got a green diamond. The rich get richer. She's happy, happy for them. I am happy for them because apparently, like I heard that, I heard... I read yeah, this somewhere, you obviously. Friends. I heard from a friend yeah. that, like, um, when they had to call off the wedding, it was really grim and sad. And, like, he obviously has issues with addiction. And it seems like it was never that she didn't love him or he didn't love her. It was just, like, he needed to get get help yeah. and get better. I mean, there are videos of, of them. They they One day before the planned wedding day, they issued a statement at the time in September 2003 saying, the wedding is offsiding excessive media attention. And if there's an interview, obviously around that time, just before the wedding, and you can see she is giddy. She is not like trying to suppress her joy. She's really just like in love. And it's bananas mm. to us that you're kind of declaring all this in an interview. But you can see he's just a bit like gulp whatever's going on with him it yeah. just obviously was I mean sure we don't much. know but it was too much it's a yeah. it's a tricky thing it was crazy I mean I was buying all of the magazines at that time and like certainly contributing to that completely toxic paparazzi culture but they I mean they were followed everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nuts I don't know how you would operate within that kind of pressure but yeah so she she told people then the other day she feels so lucky and happy to be and proud to be with him it's a beautiful love story that we got a second chance so they have to stay together now they can't break up (laughs) like I won't have it no matter how unhealthy and toxic it may be internally (laughs) stay together please for us for us Um, okay moving on Uh, conversations with friends is coming we got a date we got a proper trailer this is of course the new adaptation of Sally Rooney's novel which actually the novel came out before normal people oh my god my brain just died there for a second the book came out before normal people but now we're getting the series of conversation with friends it looks pretty hot and seamy yeah and it's gonna air we don't won't have too much longer to wait it's gonna air on the 15th of may on bbc and hulu there's no hulu there's no date yet for rte but yes in 2020 we all lost our minds over paul mescal and daisy edgar jones in normal people and bbc3 and hulu they both released different kind of versions but we got a first uh look at what's going to happen and like i 
read the book so long ago that I couldn't tell you yeah, what I happened barely remember, any of the yeah. characters, but will we uh, eat this up? Yes, we will. I think it's a love square. Yeah, it, so in conversations, I'm calling, I'm abbreviating it to conversations. Yeah. Of course, you're so familiar yeah, with the Friend of the band, friend of the band. <laughs> uh, in conversations, the series follows Francis, Alison Oliver, a vulnerable college student living in Dublin who is best friends with her ex-girlfriend, Bobby, if you're listening to this, of course you're not going to retain any of this, but I'm just going to go through it so as we know. <laughs> uh, Sasha Lane at a spoken word poetry event, of course. They meet Melissa, Jemima Kirk. Hello. Hello. Jessa from Girls. Mm-hmm. A writer and her husband, Nick, brackets Joe Alwyn. Mr. Taylor Swift. Thank you. Who, according to another uh, site, is Taylor and Joe were scouting for locations for a wedding in Ireland. I heard they're secretly married already. Could be. Yeah, because someone I know mm-hmm. was living on the same road as Taylor and Joe when they were filming this. Apparently Taylor was in Dublin for ages and extremely low key for, oh. through, throughout this entire filming. Why we? I've also heard from another source <gasps> yeah. um, that when they were filming this, someone who met her when they were filming this and she was super nice, did not want to be the center of attention at all, was just like really nice to everybody. Nobody has a bad word to say about Taylor. Cool. Isn't that great? We need to talk about Taylor. No, no, no. Okay, I'll bring, I put that song in everyone's head now. Um, and anyway, so back to in conversations with friends. Yeah. While Melissa and Bobby, who you've already forgotten who they are, while Melissa and Bobby develop an intense flirtation, Francis embarks on an affair with Nick that threatens to destroy her friendship with Bobby. Oh, it's, it's intense. It's, I can't wait. It was really, like, it looks really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as you would expect, um, it looks like they've made Dublin look really beautiful. Yes. Like they were down swimming at the, it's not the sea 40 point. foot sea point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, I swam there. Yeah. So I it'll know. be great, a great time to be like, oh, I've been there. That I know is, where that is. That's the best thing. That is, I know that. That's George Street. Yeah. <laughs> that's George Street. You're in there. Your friend. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I used to work in there. Yeah. yeah, that's what the whole thing's going to be. That's the, that's all. We get an extra layer of joy because exactly. we know the location. So, yeah, that you lose your mind over that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love when they like, I think in, is it leap year? Uh, oh. They oh, yeah. they walk out of Wheelands and they go down the road and suddenly they're in like Temple yeah. Bar. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how that geography yeah. works. No, with other films, you're like, you have to suspend reality. But in Leap Year, like, geographically, that wouldn't make sense because how would she get from Wicklow down the M11? I mean, that's we not possible. We didn't even pass Lorgan, like, shopping centre. So how does that... She ha- I haven't seen a single apple yeah. green. <laughs> make it make sense for me, Leap Year. Make it make sense. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, but we've I, got that to look forward to. I just want to say one more thing. Mm. In conversation, in normal people, we got hot and horny for Paul Mescal's chain. I think, I don't know, I haven't watched the whole thing. In conversations with friends... Could we get sweaty over a character's toe ring or perhaps an air cuff? What is going to be the jewellery of the summer? I mean, who could who could say? Bring we would never have expected the chain. You know, we didn't know it was coming. We didn't know. But I can't wait but for another accessory-related <laughs> lust. And now we've said it. Now we've said it. Um, okay, Esther, we couldn't let the week pass without referencing the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer. And I have to say, by the way, people, when they talk to me about this podcast, and <laughs> I love it when they do, but often they're like, no, I don't know about the housewives. So... We appreciate that there are some people who do not engage in the housewives universe, but equally there are many who do. And it would be remiss of us to not acknowledge the trailer that was launched this week for The Real Houses of Beverly Hills because it was entance. Yeah, it's our non-stop football league and we won't stop talking about it and we love it and it nourishes us and <laughs> that's just our joy in our life. Yeah. And you have other joys and we support and celebrate you. <laughs> but right now we're talking about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, yes. It's it's a top tier franchise and yeah. you should enjoy it. Uh, so series twelve is coming. The teaser was released. We've got a new housewife, Diane. I thought I don't couldn't. It says Diane Jenkins or Diane. I heard they pronounce it as Diana. So Diane, Diana Jenkins. She's a philanthropist and also a really rich person. Um, and yeah, there's there's just lots going on. There seems to be um, a division between Kathy Hilton. She's back. We're delighted. Thank God. But tension with her and Kyle Richards. It's I don't want to see that. Hunky-dory. We don't want to see that. A la Lisa Kudrow and the comeback. I don't want to see that. I haven't watched that, but I should. Oh, Esther, you love I've it. I've heard, yeah, no, I've heard it's really good. Um, uh, Erica is kind of doing her, I'm a bad biatch and yeah. I'm just, I don't give a F no, what you think. No, she seems to have gone full villain. Like, I mean, okay, we're going to talk about season one, but like in the last reunion, she played it so odd. Yeah. Like she seemed to, she get a little bit of, a, it, like it's all pure. She kind of get a bit of um, good feeling. And then she's like, well, I'm zip, zip, zip. And I'm not going to stand for this. And she got really kind of edgy and it's just unnecessary. Just, I mean, I want her to enjoy her life, but 
Yeah. Anyway, anyway, look, Erica's working through some stuff. They're all working through some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Garcelle is concerned for Erica. She, Erica still has ongoing legal woes. Um, there's kind of a suggestion, you know, Garcelle makes a, uh, um, says to Erica, last time I saw, last couple of times I saw you, you were a little bit tipsy. So that's kind of being stirred in. There seems to be a lot. Then we see Lisa Renna crying. I mean, she's a tough nut, but she's grieving her mother. And yeah. oh, it's a lot. Um, and then Crystal is crying. She's kind of talking know, about her eating disorder. Talk, yeah, so... Oh, it's a lot, but... Um, yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of laughs this season. I mean, they do have it. We see, we, they do reference a couple of trips in it. Um, I think they go to Mexico and Aspen. Yeah. Uh, they're always fun. But, like, you know, it, I remember in real life, Dorit, her house got broken into. We see PK yeah. crying. So there's a lot of tears and... Yeah, a lot of real, like, real shit going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You are one of my best friends. Why are you doing this to me? You talk out of both sides of your mouth. Be very careful because she's not who she says she is. It's my life to burn down. Then destroy it. I'm leaving. I am pissed off. Was it really that bad? Yes. Uh, that's going to start on the 11th of May. We've got uh, so much to look forward so to. Much, yeah, so we've got conversations with friends and the Real Housewives. I'm so, so excited. New yeah. Kardashians out this week. New oh. Kardashians. So I was not invited. Can I just <laughs> say, I'm still annoyed about it. There was a party, a screening, and I was not invited. And the amount of time, Esther, yes. that I have spent writing in yes. national newspapers, speaking on national airwaves, and on this, yes, brand new, but I'd like to think yeah. respected podcast. Yes. And to add insult to injury, when they pulled out the Perspex boxes on people's Insta stories, oh, I was like, like the, the Perspex boxes with a draw. Yeah. I, 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 I yeah. I it felt personal. You. Like, it felt personal. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It felt personal. And now I've got beef with Chris because I'm sure it was Chris organizing it. And, you know, we do have a history. I thought we'd moved on, but apparently Chris Jenner and I still beefing. Yeah. Uh, tragic, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, Esther, thank you so, so much. I cannot thank you enough for taking us through the stories in such a beautiful fashion. Esther O'More Donahue. Esther, plug your stuff. Plug my stuff. I don't have a Perspex box to give you, but what I do have is a stunning <laughs> newsletter. You can sign up to it. Truly. At, at Esther Two Names and um, on Instagram and everything you need is there. I have a web, which I think is so funny, a website, EstherOMD.com. Yeah. There's links there. Click uh, on them. Truly, I can't recommend Esther's newsletter enough. It's so good. And if you sign up for a Patreon, you can listen to her as well, which is fantastic because obviously you can hear she's got amazing delivery. It will certainly lighten your week. Esther, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there you go another week another podcast um in terms of recommendations i actually don't have much this week as i said i kind of just did my one cultural event this week and then i've barely been able to keep my eyes open the rest of the week once the days have been over uh ted my younger son who's about to turn three has been waking me up several times a night which is always joyful and does not leave me capable of consuming much other than like dinner and then going to bed I've tried to watch Dairy Girls the first episode of the new series like about five times and I just keep falling asleep and that's no reflection on Dairy Girls it's excellent as everyone says um but I just can't keep my eyes open I don't know as well is it maybe a little bit of a hangover from I had COVID at the start of March sure you wouldn't know my friends but anyway I did manage to squeeze in the first episode of The New Kardashians actually after I spoke to Esther. And um, it's a very different vibe. If you've seen it, I'm sure you agree. It's kind of more relaxed um, and a little less formal. I think I like it. I thought the intro was hilarious. Like, I think anytime you're asking those people to act, you're going to see some... You're going to see it. You're going to know. That's why I'm always like when people say it's fake. I'm like, I don't think so. They're really not that good at acting. Um, But anyway, it is nice to see it going again. Nice to see Courtney so happy. I will never not watch. It's something I've accepted about myself. And, um, you know, it's just who I am. And and life will move on. Um, Anyway, I will try and consume something else this week. I'm hoping I I can get back in. I just received the new uh, Donald Ryan book, uh, which is called The Queen of Dirt Island. So I just got a little proof of that in the post. So I think I might get stuck into that. I'm also going to read. I've got a few books. So hopefully next week I'll have some book recommendations for you. But in the meantime, I hope you have a really lovely week. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. I really appreciate the reviews you guys have been leaving. So if you feel like leaving me a review or rating or whatever, make sure you're followed, subscribed, all that crack. Um, I would so appreciate it because it has changed my life being able to do this for you. That's the literal truth of it. And your support means I get to keep doing it. So yeah. 
there you go that's that bit over and done with as I said have a great one and I will talk to you next Friday Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.